be nice for me. So, in physics, they have a statement. They're uh, the biggest influence of any experimenter is what? The observer of it. Yeah. So, the biggest influence of any experiment is going to be the observer or the observing of it. So, like, when they did these things about looking for light, they, let's say a, a group of scientists got a grant to look for light as a particle, and then when they looked for light, light appeared as a particle to them. Yeah? Then another research scientist research group was, was sanctioned to look for light as a wave, and so when they looked at light, it appeared as a wave to them. Yeah? Hey, honey? We're having a little pre... Pre-meaning to the meaning to the pre-meaning. You see? So, in a way, light dances to you, your tune, to yours and mine tune, yeah? In other words, the way, and there's another lovely statement that ob- observation distorts any the observed. Yeah. So, observation distorts the observed. So, it, as soon as you seem to look at something... It, this, the looking distorts that something because first of all there isn't a something it's the looking produces the the, uh, the possibility of something looked at in a way so if you see that alright so let's say you get that, that, that little idea and they say okay so every time the observation is going to distort the observed so okay now we observe that we're observing that statement that the observation will distort anything that's observed. We have just observed that op- that observation, which distorts that observation. Yeah, and then so we never, you never. It's sort of like that skit they did. We took it to a different uh, place, but there was a Monty Python skit where they're uh, they're wearing safari outfits and they have those pit hats and the canteens and they're rummaging around the bushes and they're, they're starving they've run out of food and water and everything and then they break out it's like an English garden but it's meant to be in like the darkest of Africa and they break out and they're dying and they're we've run out of water we have no food and then suddenly they go one of them notices but somebody's somebody's filming us and then suddenly this, the, the aperture opens up a little more and then you see this whole film crew and they have sandwiches and water and everything and so oh we've been saved and so they start eating and then they go wait a minute somebody's filming us and then this is how we took it then there's another film crew filming that film crew that's saving them and then on and on and on and on and on this is sort of like the statement that the biggest influence of any experimenter is the observer of it or that observation distorts the observed, yeah. You see? In other words, this idea that you are seeing something isn't true. There's just seeing something. So the mental state claims the observation, yeah, and then it just, as soon as it claims the observation, the observation becomes the observed, and then it distorts that, yeah? So here's, here's the observed, and then there's the observation. So the observation will distort the observed. So as the Course would say in Lesson 2, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. So here's the observation, you and I giving everything all the meaning it has, distorts the observed. Okay? So then what happens is, as soon as there's a feeling that you have observed 
the observed, yes, that's the distortion. Because all there is is the seeing of that which thinks it's seeing. Yeah? So here's the here's the situation. The people are in they're coming out of the bushes, they're dying, and then suddenly they realize, oh, or let's say you, you're in a, a, a weird situation in life and something's not working and suddenly you have a realization and you see a way out but as soon as that happens the sense of you seeing the way out puts you back in the same pickle in a way so you as this are never going to be behind the camera you and me as this this body is always going to be in front of the camera yet the, bo- the body with the sense of being the one who's subject with the sense of being the one who's observing, believes that it's outside. Hey, it believes that it's outside the observed, yeah? It doesn't believe it can be observed, but it's observing everything. See, it gets stuck. So here, I'm just going to go over, we're warming up, and who knows what happened. You ever hear of the Course in Miracles? Yeah, sure. So I'm going to just go over the first seven lessons, or the first ten lessons, yeah. okay? Wow. wow. So, Do it. But isn't it all just exactly as it's supposed I mean, it's, it doesn't matter what we label it as. It's going to happen no matter what. It doesn't matter, no. It's all a story anyway, right? No, because you'll, you'll see it right here when, in the statement here. All right. So lesson number one. <laughs> and this is just the this is the... The Course in Miracles is preceded with a text, yeah, which is describing basically what's seemingly going on here in the dream. Then there's lessons to change your perception so that there'll be a shift. And then there's a teaching manual because they say in the Course the best way to learn anything is to teach it. Yeah? So this is a three-in-one book, so to speak. So you do a lesson a day, and you don't do it for three hours. You do it for like a couple of minutes in a very relaxed manner. It's not like you go home, I'm going to do this lesson. No, it says, hey, just look around the room for a few, with, for like one minute, that's all, and whatever you light upon, say, hey, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. So when I look at this statue, basically, well, let me go over it, and then you'll see. Okay? So here's lesson one. Nothing I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place, means anything. <laughs> So great. <laughs> Nothing I see in this room. We're all something to be seen. It's not like all of this, but we're exempt. I see. <laughs> so none of us have any inherent meaning. It's the meaning that whatever is observing us gives us. Yes? So like we just said the other statement, observation distorts what's observed. So, I'm observing, I believe I'm seeing a thing, which is a distortion, yes? And, and then, while I'm observing, I believe I'm a thing, but with the quality of observing, which isn't the case. Yeah? Just like a great teacher said, uh, whatever can be perceived, can't be perceiving. So, whatever can be seen, can't be that which is seen. No way. <laughs> no way. Whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. End of story. Bingo. Yeah? But see how the mental state describes this situation of seeing. I see this object, seemingly object, but there's a feeling that I'm an object but a little different than you. And how can you, real, how can you get that sense of it? Because all of these yous 
each one of the yous in this room thinks they're a special you called me. Yeah? That's the claiming of what the mental state has nothing to do with, which is the seeing as an attribute it has. This is what it does. The mental state claims to be what's seeing, and then it, it, and then it assigns it to an activity of the body, which is the you now becomes a very special me. Yeah? I remember when I was in Delancey Street at this drug and alcohol program, not for a day, not for a day pass, two years. <laughs> not 30 days, not, you know, now patient, two years living there. <laughs> and uh, from 1985 to 87. And when I walked in there, they were very familiar with the type of you I was. I'm a junkie, alcoholic you, yes? And they had a pretty good plan of how to treat a you just like I was, yeah? And because they've been treating a lot of yous just like me for a long time, but all the while, every time they directed their advice and their suggestions or their orders to this you, I beg to differ because I'm me. I'm not like everyone else here. I don't belong here. This was just a happenstance. I don't know what happened for me to come here. I thought I was checking in somewhere else. So every time they told me what to do, they were telling the you that they saw very clearly, this little junkie you. But every time I received it, I thought they were saying something to me that made no fucking sense. I should have different rules. This is what I'm speaking a little bit about. So... Lesson one is nothing I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place means anything. Yeah? So all you do is you just don't, don't even go there. So you would just go, hey, you look around this room, this chair doesn't mean anything, this body doesn't mean anything. This, it's not a negative or a positive, it's just a, a statement of fact, so to speak. Nothing in this room means anything. Okay? So then you, I'm not going to go over the whole lesson, I'm just going to read the, the type, the target of it. So... And then here's, I have given. Now, this one was especially sense-felt for me, because when I first heard this, a big skylight opened in my, my little mental mansion, my little prison. And then there was a light. Not came in. It felt like that, but it was came out. It was released, finally. Light. And it's never changed. Every time I read this lesson, it sort of produces such a sense of something. You know? So it says... I have given everything I see in this room. So it says, basically, I've given everything I see all the meaning it has for me. Everything, period. So every time I'm seeing something, I'm giving it the meaning it has for me. Every time you see something, you're giving it the meaning it has for you. Which, in a sense, is the same statement because when you feel that thing seen through this eye, you're going to call it me also. So everyone, when I talk about it as a you, you're going to receive it as a me. So you and I give everything all the, pe- all the meaning it has. This is what's going on. This is like the difference between when you were a kid, if you weren't in an abusive situation that life was happening, yeah, you were just sort of boom, your arms and boom, boom, everything was just happening. And then suddenly, slowly or quickly, it turned into an interpretation, life is happening to me. This is sort of how the heist goes in time. Yeah? You have a period of time as an experience here, as a body, if you weren't in any kind of abusive situation, that you only saw life as happening. Because there was no seer and there was no seeing yet. There was just seeing. 
But after about, I say around 18 months, the mental state developed to a certain point, coinciding with the language center starting to fire, that it started telling a story about life is happening, and it turned it into a story called life is happening to me. Life is happening to you is just an adjunct. The whole, the real importance is life. I don't give a fuck what if life's happening to you, but life's happening to me. <laughs> See, this is the dilemma. The difference between you and me is gargantuan. <laughs> you know what I mean? I swear. So, lesson three. I do not understand anything I see in this room, on this street, from this window in this place. I do not understand it. Now, there's another part in the book here I like a lot. I just read it the other day. This is this goes along with that a little bit. It says, "Yet we have heard a very similar description earlier, a description about what we're not." He's, he's impl- I don't want to go back to the other page because I don't know where it is, but it's in the text, and he's saying, we, "Yet we have heard a very a very similar description earlier, really about what we're not, right? But it was not of you." But still, the strange idea, which it does accurately describe, you think is you. So it was describing what I call selfing, basically. Yeah? So selfing is an activity, a mental activity, but if heard or, or felt or received in a certain way, the activity reinforces the sense of being the one who's active. Yeah? <laughs> the one who's doing the activity, or is being done to by the activity. Yeah? So it says... Yet we have heard a very similar description earlier, but it was not of you. But still, the strange idea which it does accurately describe, you think, is you. Hopefully I'll accurately describe tonight, hopefully, what we're not. Reason would tell you that the world you see through eyes that are not yours, (laughs) they're bodies, they're not your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> try to tell yourself not to see when you're looking out a window with your eyes open tell you you have no you cannot preclude I'm not going to see that pigeon when it flies by you're going to see the pigeon yeah you're not going to hey how are you come on in we're just going over you ever hear of the Course of Miracles yeah sure uh, we're ripping on that right sure. now this is going to be a very forget about it. just sit down nice to have you so, so this when be, what? This is gonna be. Oh yeah, what? <laughs> so, so you have to. I'm just. This is like this is like charity work I'm doing tonight. I just I'm here. So, so there's a looking out of the window, and I don't give a damn how many times you said I'm not seeing a pigeon today. If a pigeon flies by, you're seeing it. Yeah. So this idea. I'm reading it. You ever see this book? If not, I'll give you a little run. All right, so I'm riffing a little bit on a piece on it here. I'll start it again. It's only a sentence earlier. I'm going over the first seven lessons of the book tonight. Ten. Oh, ten lessons. How he's going to shortchange him. He's going to make sure. I'm going over ten lessons. All right, we'll go over ten lessons. Because no one actually came, literally. And so we're going to just do this. Yeah. So here he's talking about a, a description about what we're not. I call it selfing. Other people call it, you know, the self, small s. Some people call it ego. I don't like that term because there's still a feeling behind every ego that there's someone having an ego who has an ego. That's the sense of selfing. It's the what 
that sense of having something. It's not what you have or don't have, it's the sense of having it. That's the real root to me. Ego is just a, an objectification of a mental construct. It doesn't, it's not even close to what, what the real dilemma, seeming dilemma is, which is the identification as being a body. Yeah, it's not even close. So, all right, so yet we have heard a very similar description earlier, but it was not of you. But still, the strange idea, which it does accurately describe, you think is you. This idea of what? This idea that you and I are a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. A body, basically. Yeah. Uh, don't wait till after, right? Because I'm going to have this is a souffle. Don't open the door. Let's hook it up for a while. <laughs> we can have questions after. <laughs> so reason would tell you that this, the world you see through eyes that are not yours, tell you uh, must make no sense to you. Obviously, so. The perceptual, what's going on here, this whole field of perception is rigged, yeah? We're seeing things from the idea of being a thing. You're never going to see nothing with these eyes. Just like you're never going to get the experience of your own absence. It's impossible, yeah? You're never, so this is like, so the eyes are seeing, but they're not seeing for us. They're seeing for the body, basically, yeah? All right, so it goes... To whom would seeing such as this send back its messages? Is it sending back its messages? Are these perceptions going to what we are? Or is it going to the mental state? Surely not you, whose sight is wholly independent of the eyes that look upon this world. If this is not your vision, what can it show to you? A whole lot of fucking nothing, really. <laughs> the brain cannot interpret what your vision sees. This you would understand. The brain interprets, this is beautiful, interprets to the body. The thought system is interpreting to the body. It is not interpreting to the spirit, because there isn't the spirit. It's not interpreting to any soul. It's totally interpreting to you as a body, the thought system. The brain interprets to the body of which it is a part, but what it says you cannot understand, yet you have listened to it incessantly. <laughs> and long and hard you try to understand its messages. I mean, when you were a kid, again, if you were in an abusive situation, of course we weren't kids, but, you know, this is the language. A lot of us, we weren't trying to get into the moment because we hadn't entertained the idea we could be out of the moment yet. We weren't looking for retreats or meditation things. We weren't buying books, how to get more into the moment, because we hadn't entertained the insane idea that any of us could ever be out of the moment that we are. Yeah. Didn't. We weren't trying to get out of self because self hadn't really started getting formulated. The selfing hadn't kicked in strong enough yet to convince <coughs> you that you were a body. Yeah. And therefore, so you weren't trying to get out of what you can't be in and you weren't trying to get into what you can't be out of. 
So things were blue is blue and red is red, you know? You, you didn't get what you want, you flipped out, and then someone brought you an ice cream, you were super happy. There wasn't many thoughts, oh, should I be happy? It was just, you know, it would be sort of spontaneous. You had a lot of wonder and awe. Yeah, to me, it was more, everything was very golden in a sense. Yeah. That were my golden years. It, about four, it went downhill from there. <laughs> because the mental state started to cook. And there was this crazy idea, which I didn't have well formulated, that there was someone there. <laughs> just became the preoccupation for the rest of my days. Yeah. So here, let's go back to the lesson. I'm going to go to lesson one again, because you came in a little later. And it can be established. Also, I'll just make the other statements I made. There's a great master, Hoang Po, Zen master. The name Hoang Po it was. And he says, whatever can be perceived can't be perceived. Yeah. So that's very simple. In physics, they come to an axiom which is the greatest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. And then there's other statements of observation distorts whatever is observed. Yeah? So your role, your role is undeniable. You give meaning to things. That's what this, this is what's happening here. We're dreaming in a sense, yeah? So we're all having seemingly a subjective dream with one stage with billions and billions of different takes. Just like this is a very unpopulated uh, event, but your experience will not be the same as my experience of this event. Because you can't experience the event, all you get is an interpretation of the event. Yeah. So, the first lesson, again. It's funny, I haven't done this in so long. That's cool. So, okay, so here. Lesson one nothing I see in this room, on this street, from this window in this place means anything. Now it's going to explain, I'll explain to you how they explain it. Right? Lesson two, I have given everything I see in this room all the meaning it has for me. I have given everything all the meaning it has for me. In Buddhism, you know, they talk about the inherent emptiness of phenomena. So if, if this was a real place, a real place, a real, real place, it would impose its reality the same on everyone, basically. Yes? Obviously, that isn't your experience, is it? You can take 20 people who've had a similar heinous act when they were kids, and they've all had a different reaction to it. You would get the most heinous act that could ever happen, and yet still people would have different takes on it through their experience with it. We override everything here. We outshine every situation and circumstance as a possibility. We may not be living that, but it's definitely possible. So, I do not understand anything I see in this room. That's a blast, Because what happens is, you'll see the space that's always so before name and form jumps in and starts giving everything name and form. You'll see the space, in a way. Yeah. All right, lesson four. These thoughts, what thoughts? These thoughts do not mean anything. <laughs> they are like the things I see in this room, on the street, from this window, in this place. All right? So these thoughts don't mean anything. 
<laughs> I am never upset for the reason I think. That's five. Six. I am upset because I see something that is not there. <laughs> Lesson seven. All right. Lesson seven is great because this is how it goes. Lesson seven is I see only the past. So I see only the past is the reason why nothing that you see means anything. It's beautiful, right? So the, the seventh is the reason why the first six lessons are in place. It's the seventh one. Yeah? So I see only the past is the reason why nothing that you see means anything. I see only the past is the reason why you have been giving everything you see all the meaning that it has for you. I see only the past is the reason why you do not understand anything you see. I see only the past is the reason why your thoughts do not mean anything and why they are like the things you see. I see only the past is the reason why you were never upset for the reason you think. I see only the past is the reason why you were upset because you see something that is not there. When they say past, where are they referring to? They're just talking about the mental state. Yeah? Selfing lives in time. Yeah? This moment, selfing doesn't understand. It uses this moment to think about yesterday and tomorrow because it can picture itself there. Selfing's existence, the sense of a self that cannot be true, has no juice in and of itself, can only appear to be true. Yeah? So why does it appear to be true to you and I? When it doesn't appear to be true to us, its influence wanes. When we're identified with it and, we, and it appears to be true to us, it dominates and interprets our life. Yeah. So here, so selfing is a mental activity. I call it the act of being identified as a self. And self, there is no noun. The whole thing's a verb. The act of being identified as a self is a whole verb. That's the, that's the theme of the mental process. So the selfing is preoccupied in time, in this timeless event. The mental state only knows or understands time. It doesn't understand timelessness. How it understands timelessness by making it time, basically. Yeah. So the selfing remembers itself by picturing itself as a body through thinking about itself as a body in the past. Yeah. Something that isn't so, the only way it can appear to be so is to be remembered. Yeah. What's so doesn't need to be remembered. It is. What isn't so can only appear to be so by memory. So the selfing is an activity of remembering what it is as a body by dwelling on the past. Yeah. So the selfing pictures you as a body and your thought system, the thought system pictures you and I as a body. When it says, what, what was I doing five years ago? You're pictured as a body. You're not pictured as a spirit in a body. You're not pictured as the eternal light. You're pictured as a body. The thought system, the brain interprets to the body. The thought system remembers you as a body years ago or a second ago. Or remembers something in relation to you as a body a second ago or five years ago. Yeah? So 
It remembers you as a body then, and you feel the you feel the remembrance now. Yeah. So selfing is remembered, and it does the same thing with the future. It thinks about us and what could possibly happen to us in the future. And by worrying about us, the thoughts, and because it's about us, the interest and attention goes there, it remembers being a body now. Yeah? That's why if you do something you love in the moment, you'll forget yourself. Let's say if you're surfing or, or lovemaking, there'll be and many times in your life and my life we've had free samples when the mental activity was so lost interest in because we are very interested in what was going on right at that moment, we were freed from the bondage of self. We usually attribute that event to the event itself when it was us, but the fact is, that's what happened. So if I'm totally into doing something like surfing, I'm not busily attending to the remembering of me as last week surfing, or, the, or will I be surfing in the future, the event itself is enough to take to attract my attention to be here, in a sense. Yeah. But what happens is, when I walk out of the water, I think, did anyone see me catch those waves? You see? It suddenly becomes a totally different experience. Now it becomes an interpretation. I don't really give a fuck how great it was. I want people to know how great it was, or I want them to think I was greater than they were, basically. Because that's what the mental state lives for. It's an image. You know, it's like we said in recovery when you come in. You've got to be willing to save your ass instead of your face. But see, my problem is when I came into recovery, I thought my face was my ass. I was trying to save the image my mental state had of me. And I was losing my ass unbelievably. So this whole point of I see only the past is the thoughts and all your memories... And all the experiences, like they said, there's another research that says every time you remember an event, all you, get, all you remember is a memory of it. You, there is no event ever to go back to. In a sense, it never fucking happened. But you have memories of events. So, an interpretation upon an interpretation upon an interpretation. And while all this activity is going out, we think we're so full with, of stuff but we're incredibly knocked out in a wince. We're not awake. We're not awake at that moment. We're going like this all day, seeing everything from the past with all of those statements as being true. You don't see freaking anything, and this thing like that. Basically, for all intents and purposes, you're not here. Yet, you can't override your nearness. It can only reach a level of seemingly so. That's the beauty about learning about self is that when you learn about self, you'll forget self. And when you forget self, its influence wanes, because it has to be remembered. A great master Dojin said, the whole thing of Buddhism is to study the self, and to study the self is to forget the self. Because if you study it, you'll see it's not you, and when it's not you, you'll lose interest in it. It's such an easy thing to, to demonstrate. Someone comes over to my house and is having a real hard time with what's not happening. They believe they're going to get fucked three weeks from now or something like that. And they really are feeling it, but it's hard for it to get over me because it's not happening. I'm not feeling it, tasting it, touching it. I can't see it. Yeah. 
And I have immunity to their insanity. Incredible immunity. With no effort on my part. But the same thoughts, if they were held in here as mine, they'd have the power to do what they're doing to that person. It's not the thoughts, it's the my. My thoughts. That's the whole situation. The activity, the activity of the bondage of self or the freedom, are at, it, they're in the same place. One of them's appearing in a time, which isn't true, and one is in timelessness, which is always true. They're both here at the same time. There's the time invitation, and then there's the timelessness. You either lean one way or the other. And as Jesus says, you'll know the tree by by its fruits. You'll never know the tree, but you'll know it by the manifestations of what's happening in this event for you. And through that, you get an intimation of what's going on. Yeah? Once you get the hit of a timeless quality of a solution, you'll never fucking buy these processes and these these weight layaway plans. You will be fucking totally dismiss things in time. A lot of things I do in time, definitely for the body, but not for your inherent condition. You're not going to go do or have yourself into what you are. You're not going to do and have yourself into a state of being. You only do and have yourself into another mental state. The timeless quality of timeless solution totally, totally invalidates all the currency that everyone is spending in time. Riches aren't laid away. They're inherently open, available at all times, right where we are, because what we are is like that sky that allows everything to happen in it, yet it's not affected one bit by what happens in it. All these thoughts that are running around are not leaving one freaking mark in timelessness. If you lose interest in the thought system, what will happen? Find out. Your interest and attention will go other places, maybe to no place. Who knows? But you'll see it, and the fruits will appear. There won't be freaking promises of, I will be okay. You'll realize you're inherently okay, no matter what your physical, emotional, mental, circumstantial condition is. Because you're not of physical, mental, emotional, circumstantial conditioning. You're prior to it. The solution always is prior to whatever problem seems to be so. If it's after, it's part of the problem. If it's prior, if it's prior, then you see there is no problem. That's the solution. That's truly the solution. Because there's nothing you need to do if the problem doesn't exist. There's nothing you and I need to do to leave an imaginary place. Nothing, absolutely nothing. If you do something, it's going to re- it's going to validate that imaginary place. You'll give it a reality to get out of. Just where is it getting reality from, other than us? If we give everything all the meaning it has, that means nothing has any meaning, other than what we give it. So I would say we are the reality, lending reality to things here because we're identified with a thing here. So let me go to the next 8, 9, 10. So I see only the past. So when, you're, when there's thinking going on and 
to me, thinking you can call it a, as a structure self-centeredness, yeah? So everything is seen as how it pertains to you, pretty much, yeah? So that seeing, at that point, self-centeredness is a form of blindness. You're not having vision. You're not seeing, yeah? You're looking. In other words, seeing, looking is it's on a track of yesterday, what the hell is this tomorrow? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking don't look here. Just look here to find out what you want to get there or what you had then, you know? That's the intention. All the while, you seem to be blind. And then these great cryptic statements happen where people say, hey, a great Zen master in faith mind says, hey, I'm going to try to save you a lot of time. He didn't say this, but it could have been a footnote. You can't use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity. You can't, in other words, you can't do to get to not doing. <laughs> you don't see that? It's so beautiful. You just give it all up. It ain't going to go anywhere. All you can do is have yourself into more doing and having. <laughs> All right, so lesson eight. My mind is preoccupied with past thoughts. <laughs> Who can say they're not? And the past thoughts, even what we caught past thoughts, even the thoughts about the future are past thoughts. All the thoughts about now are past thoughts, about then are past thoughts, about the future are past thoughts. <laughs> That's where all the files are, is in the file of past thoughts. Yeah? And here we are on the keyboard of life, and if you hit that one, that one little cl- click which says, Paul, you download <laughs> a lot of old ideas, beliefs, conditionings, and then that conditioning finds expression through this possibility, and then you live as if that fucking shit's so. Of course you're going to want to get high. Who wouldn't? But you can't stop that from happening. But you can see that it's happening. Right. Instead of of holding it, it's happening to me, or trying to see that it's, oh, well, it's it's better because that's not happening to me. Yes? It's, of course you see this is happening. But it's inherently empty. Then the seeing of it's happening gives you a flavor of space. So like when you walk in this room, you'll sense the space here. You almost have a sixth sense now. You'll feel emptiness in a sense. You'll you'll see every note basically triggers an identification as a silence that it's appearing in. Yeah? In other words, everything that happens in the sky, from the sky's point of view, refers back to being the sky, not the thing that's happening. Yes? Not the cloud, not the plane, not the bird, but the sky. All right, so lesson eight. If you can't make it any farther than eight, that's fine. <laughs> My mind is preoccupied with past thoughts. <laughs> All right, lesson nine. I see nothing as it is now. You know, this this doesn't resonate as being so. Come on, it has to, because it's truthful. I see nothing as it is now. All I see things as I thought they were, or I thought they should be, or whatever. 
It's all projection. Like the course would save you so much time. It says, you know, we believe this world of perception, but projection is first. The mind is dreaming. Like it says, there's a very famous statement in the course, at least for me, it says, you and I are the dreamer, the dreamer of this dream. Yeah. We forget that we're dreaming. All right, that, that really piqued my interest, because how did we forget that we're dreaming? To me, that was the most important statement in there. So then when the download started to happen to me, it was revealed that the how we forget that we're dreaming is we remember that we're that dreamt. I started became I was identified as the body, which is the dreamt, and in that identification I forgot the dreaming. So it says, okay, you and I are the dreaming of the dream, we forget that we're dreaming, and in that state we give everything we're dreaming the power to affect us. As what? The body. So if we follow the, when we see that punch coming, if we followed it, it would be attached to us in a certain way. (laughs) (laughs) So I see nothing as it is now. It's simple to see, because here's this now. If you believe you're here, in most cases it's a mental here, chock full of there and then. You're never in the fucking moment in the interpretation. You're in a, a linear sequence with this incredible, all-imposing past, this little transfer now into a fucking unknown but frightening future of your own making. Not yours, but the mental state's making. It has to disguise time, timelessness, with time. It has to make this moment becomes super unimportant to us. That's why you notice it. You can notice the effects of this enslavement by people, even when you talk about being okay, they say, I will be okay, or I was once okay. There's never a possibility of being okay now. It's like, I will be okay. How you doing? Not well. Uh, I hope hope you'll be alright. I will be okay. It's never right. No, fuck this. You know, I'm okay. You don't see the pledging of allegiance? This isn't a freaking passive victimhood type of, oh, please. It's an, it's an empowering event. Because if you see that the only way things can appear to be real is to you, it must lend itself to pointing that you're the reality. Not as this, but as what's seen. Like in, in the recovery, we have that acronym for fear. False evidence appears real. Who the hell is it appearing real to? It has to be appearing real to what's real. How could it seem real unless what's real thought it seemed real? It's so obvious. Just let it... T- get one example like, hey, I give everything all the meaning it has. Let the mind expand on it. You'll notice your aperture, which is being very closed by self-centeredness, can open very, very freely in a nanosecond, and now you'll see. You'll have a spacious view. Relaxed, you know? No effort or thought on your part. The incessant oddness will not escape you anymore. It'll be so noticeable that you're awake to being awake. 
and then get on with it. The body has its own destiny here. Why we talk about traveling later, because that's what that's one of the it's not an intended byproduct, but one of the byproducts in my experience is for the last lots of years I've traveled lighter over ev- all the geography of my life it didn't change the geography operations this and that but I've traveled lighter through it all what more do you freaking want it's not going to be given to us because it, there's no giving of it it's never been it's never been lost it's just not being accessed and it's not a passive not accessing it we're actively up the ass of self in a way we're totally totally bewitched by thoughts about us all day (laughs) this is the root of the illness alcoholism is just is like an extreme subdivision of self-centeredness yeah and the drinking and using was just to try to get out of self basically but the selfing is an incredible if you picture it as a parasite or a parasitical movement the selfing is an incredible strategy. It's one of the most hostile to- takeovers you'll ever see here. How many people remember their childhood and then they become addicts and alcoholics? How f- so far away from the little kid they thought they were? In such a short period of time, man. I wanted to be a marine biologist yeah. when I was a kid. You know, I was about 12. After about three years of active addiction, my idea of success was not to be arrested basically. That's all I was hoping for. All my dreams had just gotten squished, and I just was trying to stay as high as I could, as long as I could. Yeah, what happened? Yeah? Something, a parasitical movement, took over this host, and if a big bug flew in here right now, I'd knock it off in a second. Yeah? If it flew in 50 times, I'd have this knee-jerk reaction. Yeah? This is much more hostile than any bug could be, but because we're identified as it we don't entertain, we can be free from it. You're trying to be free as a self instead of from it. You and I want to be there to get it. That's not on the menu. You and I want to experience our own absence. Or it's getting to such an extreme thing in in, uh, non-duality is that people want to be a non-self as a self. They want to have all the qualities of non-self but wear it as an emblem on the self. It doesn't work that way. Your supposed super chockful real presence is what's causing what's true to seem to be absent. If that changes, what seems to be absent will become obviously present. If you go up the S of self again, it'll seem to, it'll become a memory and it'll be absent again. You and I are the big players here. You and I, we're the reality. Not as a body, but as what's looking. As St. Francis says, what's looking is what you and I are looking for. He doesn't say who's looking. What's looking? I want to get to lesson. Oh, that was lesson 10. I, my thoughts do not mean anything. So that's a nice and little introduction. How many lessons are there? 365. For you, 840. <laughs> <laughs> we have to come back a long time every freaking week. You can do the first 20. It would be good.
Yeah. So when people say, oh, your family, how you grew up, affects everything you do today. As a body. As a body. Do you find, and you know how people go to therapists and they try to work out their family issues to behave differently in their, what happens today? See, the thing, the trippy thing is, like the Course says, there's a great chapter. I'm into it today. This is the guy I do a, I do a talk in this New York City, and he called me today, so I'm into it. But the Course has this chapter called I Need Do Nothing, which is a cool chapter, where it talks about if the mind intends it, inevitably it's going to happen through that. Yeah? So if someone believes they really need therapy, they better go. Literally. I don't feel like I need therapy, so it would be insane for me to go. I mean, I feel that problems are made right now. Right. And so, let's say you get done with all the problems of your, your earthly family of origin, you'll make up a family of origin from Mars and then go into interstellar psychiatry. You know, because the thing will just keep producing... The feeling that something happened in the past is made now. That feeling of being historical is a feeling. It's contrived. It's a mental activity. So let's say here, let's say some bait, some mental bait comes in. And then you, as what you are, rises to the bait, bites into it. As soon as it bites into it, it appears to be a fish. And not only a fish, but a historical fish. The freedom is prior to everything, not after. This isn't about, oh, I finally got to the truth, I'm bound, and I'm going to be unbound. The truth is, you were never bound. What happens in the dream, it's defined by the dreamlike quality that it is. It can only reach the level of seemingly so, which means it appears to be true or false to us, which is the whole case here, yeah? Seemingly so. It has no relevance other than what we give it deeply, yeah? So its seeming reality is lent to it by us. If you get out of certain petri dishes or certain conditions, you will the mind will retract that deal and it will be free from the bondage of self. Not five years from now, not after the next eight hundred month retreat, but now, inherently. You'll be, it will be always available at all times, right where you are, with no requirement necessary, unless you have necessary requirements to put up in front of it. If you go through life, all those things that I did were incredibly valuable because they failed me. So you can finally give up, and then get left with your own devices, and then see that the seeker is the sought. Yes. It's an open secret, a gateless gate. The requirements are on our side. If you believe them, they'll have sway, you see. Just as Jesus supposedly said too, as you believe, so it is. It's just they can't escape it. As a man thinketh, so he is. Yeah. So if you're thinking, if you're listening, if you're devoted to the thought system, I be- I'm saying, I'm telling you, humbly, the frame that the myth that 
rises to catch everything that happens to you here will be the identification or the frame of being a body. Even let's say there's a maybe let's say this is a clone, yeah, and it has human programming, and then it gets it has this huge realization that's undisputable that it's a clone. Yeah? I mean un, undisputable. What's going to feel like it heard that message is the human programming. So when you hear the message, you're not a body, what's hearing it is the feeling of being a body. (laughs) It's the quickest thing in time, but it can never outdraw timelessness. That's where the solution lies. But in time, it's a pretty quick process. The selfing is pretty fast. Yeah, it gets there and it claims whatever you come in contact with pretty quickly. It does. The thoughts are seen as yours. Isn't that the feeling? When you have thoughts, they, they, you have a feeling that you have something to do with them. Somehow you're the originator of them. Yes? All of this is made, done in time. So how are you going to get relief from a process that's quicker than any other process in time? I would say the solution would be in timelessness, which is what we inherently are. Does it? It's that fast. See there. So, who's going to outdraw that? No fucking way. And then try to be mindful in an accident. If you're surfing and you suddenly you hit your head on the bottom, you weren't there as a selfie. You weren't. Especially when I did it, I hit my head. The selfie that is produced in the brain, it got shut down for about five minutes as I was floating on my back, my arms and legs uh, not working. I was wide awake and there was nothing being said. And the first thing that finally arose after five minutes, after they brought me out on the surfboard and cut my suit off, the first, the first appearance of selfing was, I can't afford the ambulance. <laughs> That's where its concern was. Not if I was going to survive or I broke my neck. Fuck the body. I can't afford it. <laughs> you want that to be interpreting your life? Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's true, watch it how long do you get to enjoy something really good before it starts getting suspicious you don't deserve it when are they going to find out but the same head when it gets a little smell of something bad oh, I'm entering a lifelong depression <laughs> it's, it's just like so whoa, pull out the band and play it like a fucking 30 string guitar you know? <laughs> the good? Oh, let's get out of here. You know, let's move on from the good. This is too scary. This I'm too vulnerable. I can't I don't I don't deserve this. Who's playing God all freaking day here? Your head. And you don't think it's you think God, the topic of God is is forbidden to watch playing God? Give me a break. It's playing God with God all day. Gives it, totally conceptualizes it, moves it into some other theater that maybe if I go to the Himalayas, I'll finally meet. You know what I mean? It neuters it. Whatever comes, whatever it claims, it neuters. How fresh. Look at what's happened in non duality in America 30 years. It's been distorted up the wazoo. Whatever the mental state comes in contact with, it's going to claim and it's going to make it something that's palatable to it. 
it's not going to surrender its frame to go into the unknown or into the allness. It is, it's not into that. It likes the separation. It can be all there is in here. It can. It's the big star in time. You can't. What? Can you ever? Oh, my spirit! Five years ago. Oh yeah, I picture it right now. Can you fuck? Give me a break. You don't know. What quality did your spirit have five years ago that would be different than the quality of spirit now? None. You can't have any kind of comparison. Oh, my spirit was really good then. When people saying that, they're talking about their body. The spirit doesn't go up and down like the stock market based on your uh, quarterly earnings on the spiritual business trail. You know, I did three retreats this three months. Great. You're super, you got the loving gaze. You're on to something. It's just incessant on this, a recogni- recognition of it. And from there, you see what you're not all day. That's all you get to see here is what you're not. And all, every, all seeing of all of what you're not is a way that the, what you are is intimated because it's the seeing of what you're not that we are. It's that seeing of what we're not, that's what we are. I love recovery because it, t- it described the mechanism of what was just, just unbelievable. And it took me about 10 years or so, or happened after about 10 years, when something occurred and finally I saw selfing as a foreign installment. I got a distinct hit, it wasn't me. And as soon as I got that hit, the next thing that had never dawned on me for freaking years came right into on the screen, which is, I can be free from it. Why people can't entertain being free is they're trying to entertain being free as it, which is another form of bondage to self. This is freedom from it, and it doesn't take any freaking time. It's just a recognition. Stop feeding that, and something else will be fed. So, when did, uh, sorry guys, we're going to end soon. Man. I'm disabled. I need to get home. When did you have the surgery? Uh, I'll be two weeks tom- tomorrow. It was doing good, but today it went off south. The knee just started having like electrical shocks right in here. So, yes, I was overdoing it maybe. Doing too many hamstring pulls or something. Who knows? <laughs> The only way the head can see its role in it is he had, I had to fuck it up. You know, I've heard that. You know how many years that's been played on public radio stations? <laughs> Somehow you have to all to do with this. You fucked it up. You shouldn't have been that one stretch. <laughs> Are you going to waste time trying to convince it? Like, we've gone over this. You've been with me, you know. It's just seeing that it's not you. Nothing has to change. The changelessness doesn't have to change change. It's totally fine with it because it's inherently clear it's not of change. We need a little of that in our lives, you know? It's to be... Whatever. It's just a... It's an invitation. Take it or leave it. You may like a lot of other people who share it. Who knows? You know. But... That's it, eh? Are you all right with that? You got enough? <laughs>